Hey you heroes! Welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly, a fan cast about the card game Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games. Thanks for joining us as we complete heroic deeds and thaw the villain's evil schemes. New year, new us, new music. Hey everybody, welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly, a fan podcast about the card game Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games. I'm Kennedy Hawk, one of your hosts. We've got everybody with us here today. We've got uh, Americano. How's it going? It's going great, man. It's good to be here. We've got Adderkop. How's it going? Good, and I'm certainly not ill. Certainly not ill. Certainly not. We didn't force this on you at all. Um, and we've got Crimson. Hey, what's up? A lot of things are up. In fact... I think Marvel Champion stock is higher than ever with the X-Men. And we are finally finishing our three-part episode about Mutant Genesis by talking about Mansion Attack and Magneto. Who's jazzed? I really like Mansion Attack. I really like both. And we'll get to that in a minute. The announcement, don't forget that Con of Heroes tickets are on sale. That takes place in May, and at least a couple of us from the show will be there running all sorts of events and playing all sorts of games of Marvel Champions. And in fact, one of the events that you can read about on the Con of Heroes website is a match with Magneto. And it's going to be a Magneto match where everybody in the room plays Magneto at the same time. And depending on when other teams win or lose, um, Magneto's magnetic pull of his magnet counters might affect your table. So it's kind of like a a big group-wide game, but there's not like a ton of impacts like maybe some of the other events. So check out conofheroes.com to look for tickets and more info about events as more things get posted. And with all the announcements done, let's get on to Mutant Genesis stuff. So Adderkop, you wanted to give us an overview of Mansion Attack, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, Mansion Attack is basically... Mansion Attack is basically... Uh, what you signed up for picking up the Mutant Genesis box, in my opinion. Um, similar to Sinister Six, you're going to be fighting a lot of different villains, um, and the encounter deck serves to showcase each of their abilities. Um, it's it feel to me it feels like a pretty like fast paced scenario, um, and it makes it really interesting based on who the active uh, villain is, and uh, it has that sort of like random factor which honestly makes it one of my favorite ones. Yeah, it's a super randomized scenario. So if you haven't played it, you start in main scheme 1A, just like usual. So it has set up, put the save the school environment into play, shuffle all copies of main scheme 2A and stack them under the scheme, shuffle the villains together without looking to create a villain deck because there's a bunch of different villains, and the top card of the villain deck is in play. When you reveal 1B, you deal each player a face-down encounter card and advance to the next main scheme and add this card to the victory display. So you're going to be fighting through different rooms in Xavier's Mansion as you're fighting these different villains. So you can fight in the Atrium, which gives all characters steady, um, including the villains and including the heroes. And when you complete it, you add this scheme to the victory display and advance to the next card in the stack. If there are three main schemes in the victory display, the players lose the game. So you basically get to lose one room, and then you have to win in that second room and not let the villains advance the scheme. Um, Because the Brotherhood Strikes already goes into the victory display. Alright, so you've got the Atrium, which gives everybody steady. You've got the Cafeteria, which gives everybody retaliate. You've got the, the Basketball Court. 
each ally and minion gain toughness. So they're all coming in with tough tokens. And the courtyard where, where you know, the real things go down and everyone gets plus one attack. So of those four rooms, what was like the hardest room to deal with? Anybody have opinions? Um, I think, so <clears throat> it's the cafeteria. And I want it to be like any other one. The cafeteria gives me like the most hesitation every single time. Totally. So that's one that gives you retaliate, kills your allies earlier. I thought it was between the cafeteria and the atrium because I like getting steady. Um, but the villains having steady really gives a lot of my solo decks problems. <laughs> you can't uh, rely on status cards because you got a double stun to stop anything. Yeah, my probably my least favorite is is the atrium. While it says each character, it affects each character. Um, they all gain steady, and I'm just not a fan of steady. I mean, it's I think it's better than it's better than stalwart for sure. Um, but I'm a protection player, and we rely on on that stun. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the atrium was was probably the one I didn't want to see the most. Also, the art in this set is like beautiful by the way it's like a different um brotherhood member fighting a different x-men member in each of the the rooms so i i love it oh yeah super happy with it so random rooms you're fighting through but as you can expect from all of the mansion attacks we've ever read about in x-men dumb there are also random villains so there's an a and a b side to all the villains um, you can fight against Avalanche, Blob, Pyro, or Toad, and you're going to put them in a random order, and your victory condition here is dependent on your difficulty level. So in rookie mode, I think they say you defeat one villain. In standard, it's two. In expert, it's three. And then in heroic, it's all four. So you have to defeat all four villains before you lose two rooms of the mansion. At that point, Xavier, I guess, kicks you out or starts charging your rent or something. <laughs> he makes you start going to class. Yeah, so they all have toughness, and uh, they each have different abilities. So Avalanche is force response. After Avalanche attacks you, exhaust an ally you control. That's after he attacks you, so you can always defend with that ally. Blob, after Blob attacks and damages a character, stun that character. Mm. Pyro, after Pyro attacks you, discard the top two cards of the encounter deck and take one indirect damage for each printed... Not encounter deck top two cards of your deck take one indirect damage for each printed resource icon discarded this way and toad after toad attacks and damages a character you control discard a random card from your hand that one sucked um, that <laughs> one does suck but he has the lowest hit points i believe of, of the yeah. four yeah so push through him fast fast <laughs> um any any villain any other villains you had uh, a hard time with or an easy time with well I, I the biggest question that I had was, you know, with this it says to use the modular pack that also has these same villains as minions, <laughs> right? Is that in my room? It's been a while. It's been a couple months. We're yeah, coming it back tells after you to Christmas. use the Brotherhood pack. Yeah, so they have victory points on them. So I was playing it like Arkham. Like when you defeat them, they go to the victory pool. They're not in the discard deck or the. Um, the deck, and also, you know, we we kind of just played it how, how we felt it would work, but like, once we defeated Avalanche, then the Avalanche minion tried to come out, and it's like, well, he's 
defeated. Like he's over there in the corner of the atrium, knocked uh, out. I, I don't you know. know if this is the case, but I believe in Marvel, the victory display is technically like out of the game. So if something's in the victory display um, and it comes up as a minion, it could enter play. But I like that you brought that up because I thought that was really elegant. Yeah. And they put all of the they put the Brotherhood mod in that contains these forest minions. And on that save the school environment, this is paragraph, I'm sorry. It says, forest response after the villain is defeated. If there are X villains in the victory display, the players win the game. So that's your win condition. Otherwise, deal each player an encounter card and reveal the next villain. If a minion with the same title as the new vi vi villain is engaged with a player, discard that minion, and the villain activates against that player. So they put a failsafe in there that says, let's say the next villain was Avalanche, but I was engaged with Avalanche. That means Avalanche basically like quick strikes me when he comes out, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, and there's already a rule in the RRG that says if you reveal a minion who is the villain, it basically just surges. It discards and gives you a yeah. new card. And that's how, that's how we played any allies that came out for a defeated villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're, we're like, if he's defeated, he, he's not going to jump up and be like, po -po, and then flop back down, you know, like, he's defeated. And he's, I think that's a fair modif modification. He, he's knocked out, yeah. and that's, that's just you how went we went for the theme. It. You went for yeah, the theme. Yeah, uh, we really did, because this I is went for, very yeah. thematic. What I thought is, I just punched the blob so hard, he went flying through a wall into a different room, and then he came back later out of the encounter deck. Because that's what Colossus would do. He would punch the blob so hard that he would go flying through a wall. Yeah, because nobody kills anybody in this, in this game. I have good news and I have bad news about that. I, uh, when I first played against this scenario, I was testing out uh, just the pre-con decks just to see how they were. And um, <laughs> I started with Colossus against this one, and I had a really, really bad time. <laughs> um, and then I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just swap. So I pulled out uh, Wolverine. And um, I opened with Blob, or I opened against Blob, rather. And I looked at my opening hand and I thought, you know what? I can just knock Blob out. I can just get rid of him, you know, use piercing and, and everything like that. I don't remember Send the exact it. sequence, but <laughs> I saw the line and I was like, all right, this is cool. So I did it and I spent my cards and I took some damage, but I, I knocked out Blob in one shot. And I was like, wow, this is, wow, Wolverine's really strong. And then I drew um, Pyro, who proceeded to actually burn me down and kill me. Like in, almost wow. instantly. Yeah, it was. It was kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, as much as I would like Colossus to be throwing things through this uh, band of pushovers, uh, maybe they're not a band of pushovers. How about that? They had some really interesting encounter cards in this set. So there's a card called Brotherhood Beatdown, and then it's for each of the enemies in play do a thing. So one of them will always be the villain, but if Avalanche is in play, you exhaust your identity. This is a treachery. If Bob Blob's in play, you're stunned. Pyro, you take two indirect. Toad, you discard a random card from your hand. So they're basically triggering their villain effect. Um, but it could also happen with minions, right? So if all four are in play because three are minions and one is the villain, it can be a really nasty card. And one of my favorite cards they had in here is Protect the Students, which is a two-threat plus two-per-player hinder side scheme. When defeated, the player who defeats this scheme searches their deck and discard pile for an ally and adds it to their hand. I like this. Like, side schemes that are pretty nasty, right? In Solo, this is a four-threat crisis side scheme. But when you defeat it, you get like this giant benefit. So it like here you have to be distracted from it so that you can clear things from the main scheme. But if if it wasn't, if it was like an acceleration token, you could be like, I want to go after that instead of my win condition because it's like thematic and gives me some story element. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. 
certainly. I, I like the added bonus on, honestly, anything. <laughs> I thought it was interesting in Sinister Six, like the last... So this is like a different version of a multi-villain scenario, right? Where they're, mm-hmm. they're in a line instead of all out at the same time. With Sinister Six, all the villains had the same trigger. It was always after this thing attacks and damages you. And here, they're kind of all over the place. Avalanche is after he attacks you, so he doesn't care if he damages you or not. Blob is after he attacks and damages a character. He does something to that character. Pyro, again, is just after he attacks you, he does a bunch of bad stuff. And then Toad is after he attacks and damages a character you control. So it's like multiple different triggering effects you have to remember. But I think that's good because the randomness, like you're not having to remember multiples of them at the same time. It's just the one that's in play. So I yeah, thought that exactly. worked out okay. Yeah, I, it's... I, I like these like multi-villain scenarios like quite a bit, um, but yeah, like like you said, since you only have to keep track of one person, it's not so bad. I think they did a really good job with this one, and I really liked multiple things about it. So my favorite things about it are what you said already: the randomness. I like that you can usually like make a deck that's tailored against a villain, but here you've got four different villains with different abilities, and I hope they do this again. Something where like stage one is a different villain than stage two because it makes the scenario super interesting and the randomized order here is really interesting because you might not be prepared for pyro and retaliate as the location um, because that's so much indirect damage and retaliate splashing into your allies that you're just in trouble so i think that the randomness is a lot of fun i hope they do that again i like the random side schemeness and i thought that like this scenario reminds me of sandman from Sinister Motives, where I feel like every card in it, I read it, and it just oozes the theme of a mansion attack, which is like such a classic X-Men story. So, big props from me on this scenario. Alright, so, mansion attack. Um, I think I'm going to be a little bit down on this one compared to you guys, maybe. Um, I have three main issues with mansion attack. The first issue isn't a huge deal as it, the game's really modular. So, it Said it require it says to play with Mystique, the that modular set, and I don't like that modular set. I think it's unfun. Um, it has a lot of sur- it has a lot of surge in it. It throws the cards into your deck. I'm I haven't liked that. I didn't like it really with uh, Mysterio. I get what the theme. I think the theme's pretty good for Mystique. Um, I, I just don't like it. I don't know that it was necessary. It didn't seem like it was necessary for Mansion Attack. Um, that I mean, why Mystique? I don't know. Like, why is she the modular set that goes in it? I don't know. Anyway, so that's not a huge deal because you you don't have to put her in. Um, my next issue with it is, and this is a me problem, but also I feel like it's it can be a problem. Is every main scheme right has that thing where like the atrium each character gains steady or um the basketball court each ally and minion gains toughness that's just another thing to remember that isn't typically there in the game and i get it that there's they're doing other things with the design space and stuff but i I mean i can't tell you how many times i forgot about those things Playing this. Yeah, I use those by the same token tokens. So I put a giant like retaliate token on the scheme so that I remember. Or if you have enough of them, you can put them on like every character, but that's like impossible. But yeah, I've definitely missed those and had to rewind. It's kind of annoying. That's that's great. I just don't want to have to like go. I mean, I 
I don't use by the, and I don't have any problems with it, but I don't want to have to feel like I have to go buy a buy the same token token to rem to remember those status effects. You know what I mean? Um, again, probably a me problem, but at the same time, like it's nice that you have the retaliate one when you're in the cafeteria, but it also it's you got to remember it's both ways, right? Each character gains retaliate one, so. You can't remember conveniently when it's your when it's the villain phase, <laughs> right? So there's that. I mean, that's not a huge deal because you can rewind. It's just kind of annoying. Um, but I think the biggest issue that I have with Mansion, and maybe I would love to hear what you guys think about it. Like, disagree with me, but it just feels like. Before I get to that, I actually do like how they did the villains in Mansion Attack, where you choose. You shuffle the the four villains, and you you only are engaged with the top one. Like it, it I think it says it's a villain deck. Um, I think is what they call it. I don't remember what it is, but like with the save the school environment, um, you defeat X number of villains, where and you get to choose. It's kind of like with Loki, right? Um, you choose how many you want to do, but these ones are all different, and. And they're not tied necessarily. They're not tied to any of the main schemes. Um, but I just feel like they feel very same me to me. Like they're different villains, but they all have toughness and victory too. And then yeah, they have a a for they all have a force response. So it's just like oh man, it's a, this again. Force response after blob attacks and damages a character, stun that character. I mean yes, they did a good job. I feel like in mimicking the minion of these characters in the Brotherhood modular set. But they all have a force response, and that that just seems like this meh to me. So tell me why I'm wrong. Like, No, I don't actually think you're wrong. That's my one critique about this scenario, is that they all feel kind of samey, right? They have different like degrees of danger in their forced response. Um, I like that their forced response isn't like Sinister Stick Six, where all of them could just be dodged by because they were all. I think all of the Sinister Six was when this character attacks and damages you, but like Pyro is just after he attacks you, so you could block with an ally or whatever, right? And so it's avalanches is too. Toads and Blobs are attacks and damages a character. Yeah, so they're they're a little different, right? What I don't like about that is I feel like the there's a little bit extra randomness in this because the villains are randomized, right? So, like, you don't go into this scenario always knowing who you're going to fight, which can be exciting, but it also means you might build a deck, like, for three of the villains and then get the one villain that's, like, your silver bullet to start with. And yeah, you can just reshuffle the villain deck, but... <laughs> but I, no, I, that's what I was saying is, before I got to that critique, I think that's the, that is, for me, the highlight of this game, of this scenario is that you don't know which which villains you're going to be facing right yeah Py pyro toad and avalanche each have two scheme on the a side and then the b side what are they, they're a little bit more no they're still i don't know three scheme so you know yeah so they're a little bit different yeah all right should we should we move on to magneto so Magneto is a pretty cinematic scenario, right? He has these checkpoints or gate points, kind of like Hela, um, a bunch of side schemes that don't let you damage Magneto until they're defeated or don't let 
you deal past a certain threshold of damage. His whole hook is magnet counters. Um, after you place a magnet counter on him, a bunch of his side schemes are going to place magnet counters. His ability himself is a, a forced response. After Magneto attacks, you place one magnet counter on the main scheme. And it feels a little bit like Zola. After enough magnet counters are placed onto the main scheme, a triggering effect happens, and uh, you discard cards from the encounter deck until a magnetic traded card is discarded, and then you reveal that card and remove three magnet counters. So you're getting like extra encounter cards, but at a rate that's almost scaled by players. Um, so... I don't want to, I want to, I want to get people's thoughts, so let's jump right to Americano. All right, so Magneto I liked better than Mansion Attack. Um, I don't know if I'm in the majority or minority of that. Magneto's not easy. Um, I didn't find him very easy. Um, he's just so beefy with his 18 hit points in the level one, stage one. Let's see. Stage two is 20, then 22. I guess he doesn't go up that much, but... Um, all right, so this whole gimmick with the different side schemes that, like, kind of are his shield, almost, right? So so you got, what was the first one? Boarding Party. No, that's not right. Um, is, it bo- is it boarding? Yeah, okay. So he cannot have more than six per player sustained damage. Um, then master sabotage master mold is 12 cannot have more than 12 per person sustained damage sustained damage and then orbital decay is 18 but then i mean it, it kind of gives me the feeling of like uh the hella scenario a little bit a little bit with like the the, the checkpoints the checkpoints a little bit right because because you can't defeat him until, like, you can't, I mean, I didn't see a way to defeat him while those side schemes are in play. I don't think you can, yeah. Right, so it, it's, it's like, but it's not like you can't do any damage to him. You can still hit him, but you still need to, like, try and... You can make some progress, right, some but you have to also right. take care of the quest. And it's, and the, I mean, the quests are, the, yeah, the, the side schemes, they're not horrible, right? They're three per person. Um they're doable even if you're not playing justice you know um so i liked that it, it gave me that hella feel a little bit i think he's harder than hella definitely um those those magnet ca- uh cards like come out all the time gosh um and i did run into one where i wasn't sure how it worked and i asked sco about it um because his forced response, Magneto's forced response is, after, right, after Magneto attacks you, place one magnet counter on the main scheme. And then when the main scheme gets three magnet counters, you, um, no, at least three magnet counters. Then you discard cards until you get the magnetic card. But if you have an ally defend for you, does that still trigger that force response where after Magneto is attacking you or is now the ally that's a good question is he attacking is he attacking the ally so like um it was both bad for both like his answer was like it's basically he's still attacking you and i don't know i guess and he and or he's attacking the ally but he's still you the player gets the maximum it still gets the so magnet counter. You can't defend, because... but you still get the negative consequence of magnet counters. Yes. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, 
I guess I can't have my cake and eat it too. So I guess that's the that's opposite. That's how I played so, it, so I don't feel so bad. But uh, it's very frustrating to have language that's so ambiguous. It is, right. Um, I hate the word you in this game so much still. Uh, anyway. And and it's like, also it, it, it compounds the issue, right? It's you and it's also like the defending issue. Yep. So anyway, just play it. That has the what's the the peril rule? No, what is it? Um, what's the rule? rule? Grim rule. What is that? What they call it in this I game? I think so. Grim rule. Yeah. So just play the grim rule, I guess, or just play how you want, and don't put the magnet counter on. That's fine. No. Uh, all right. So let me just tell you an experience I had with with Magneto, and maybe this will explain like why I had such a good time playing him uh, compared to Mansion Attack. So, so I was down, I was on, Magneto had 7 health left, I was playing solo. 7 health left. I was playing as Phoenix. So, yeah, don't throw eggs at me, guys. Um, <laughs> um, I had Storm Ally and Angel out on the, on the table. Nice. Um, I had Psychic Blast and Telekinetic inter- uh, telekinetic Attack in my hand. So Psychic Blast, I think, is the four attack. Um, and if you're um, unleashed, then it does like another four to a minion or something. And Telekinetic Energy or Telekinetic Attack is a seven damage attack. Um, plus some bonuses if you're unleashed. So I had those in my hands and I had an Energy card. I had Energy and then I had two other cards in my hand. Uh, so I didn't have enough to play them both. Or, yeah. So if I, sur- if I, but if I could survive the villain phase, I was going to win because I had telekinetic attack in my hand. So I would just deal the seven damage to him. Um, but the so storm blocked attack, his attack. And then I got an M type Sentinel out. That was my encounter card. An M type Sentinel. It has guard. It has guard. And I was like, dang it. I'm not going to... My, my wife's like, All right, how, how long do you have? And I was like, well, if I can survive the villain phase, I'll probably win the next turn. And then the guard came out. And I was like, maybe not. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just hold on a second. And then when that guard is... Or that M-type, M-type Sentinel is defeated, you give Magneto a tough status card. So I was like, oh, man. Okay. Well, luckily... So Angel's still on the board. I was able to defeat the min- the Sentinel. I did a basic attack with, with Phoenix and then used my um, Psychic Blast to defeat it, give Magneto a tough, and then uh, Angel knocked the tough off. And then I had enough resources with the energy and her wild resource on her ability. The uh, What's that ability called? Whatever it is. The Psionic Bond. That lets me remove that you can remove a counter. Oh yeah, from yeah. Phoenix form, and then it gives you a wild energy, um, so I could play it, and I could I defeated him that way. So, not I mean that's kind of a, that that was kind of fun for Phoenix because she had that wild energy, but also it was kind of fun for Magneto because that's how it kind of felt the entire game. Like that ending, I didn't. I'm not very good at like telling how it. It just felt like more cinematic in my mind, like while I was playing, than me explaining it, right? But that's kind of how this scenario played out for me the entire time. 
if that makes sense. Totally. Um, and I, that's, so that I got that from Magnet, Magneto. That's the like vibe I got where it was like, it felt more epic is an overused term, but it kind of felt like that, you know? I feel like he's probably one of the best end bosses we have um, from the five boxes. I think Red Skull's a really good finale. Mm-hmm. Ronan exists. Loki exists. <laughs> we don't Venom talk about Ronan. Exists, and now we have Magneto. So, I mean, it's been a long time since we've had yeah. a Red Skull finale, and I think we've got it again. I think, like, I think you're right. I think the magnet counters really fly out, especially in multiplayer, right? In four player, like, he's definitely attacking four times in the turn between encounter cards plus that. Right. He's going to be um, getting those. those magnet, so, he's getting those a magnet, magnet card cards. every turn. One mm-hmm. thing I haven't seen a lot of people discuss is a lot of people talk about Zola, and Zola is one of my favorite villains. But I understand that he scales pretty poorly in solo because, like, every minion gets plopped in front of the first player. Uh-huh. And I would think Magneto would feel the same way because there's a ton of treachery cards that add magnet counters, and that magnet card, right, so that you pull out, right. So when you get mm-hmm. to three magnet counters, you discard cards until you find a magnet card and reveal it. Yeah. It's always going to the same person. You can't like spread the pain around. Whereas when we played this in three player and four player, like it didn't perfectly work out that it rotated around the table, but it wasn't like the same person. I mean, I'm sure it could happen like tragically that the same person always gets the magnet counter. In fact, in three player, right, if you're not including all the magnets from treacheries, it like it can kind of feel like sometimes it's always gonna be the third player that gets it. Um but I think with all the treacheries, it kind of bounces around pretty well on multiplayer. But in solo, you can definitely get overwhelmed by by constantly having that that extra encounter card. Well, luckily, yeah, luckily that the there's three atta- magnetic attachments, and so anyone can resolve those. Right? Luckily, um, I know that that you're talking about the treacheries, but there's a little bit of reprieve with the attachments. There, it's not like you know. Um, but yeah, I get what you're, I get what you're saying. And, and he, he can overwhelm you. I feel like in multiplayer, I haven't played four players, but I feel like it could be very, very overwhelming with the, and so I, I guess I don't know. So, you, so how do you feel like he scales? Do you feel like he scales pretty well then for player count? I think or he scales it, pretty well in three to four player. Cause there's so many more people to deal with the problems. Um, you definitely have to bring your A game decks. You're not running your Hulks into this, unfortunately. Right. Um, but I mean, if I think if you bring four solid decks and, and at least three solid players, you usually end up with a good chance. I never have felt like Magneto just snowballed completely out of way. The the most obnoxious thing I've had happen to me are um, dying to like an electric shock. <laughs> that can be really annoying because it's a uh, treachery when revealed in hero form you are stunned take one damage for each magnet counter so in theory that should be at most two right um but when you're sitting at two health after defending like an attack that hit you really hard and then you draw electric shock you get real irritated um i'm used to dying from treacheries (laughs) due to hawkeye's nemesis kit so it doesn't feel that that out of the ordinary i think one of the things with this it's like a constant i mean there was a back and forth but it was never it didn't feel oppressive at the beginning like like there's not like add all these ridiculous amount of side schemes to the to the board 
like in play at the beginning. It's like, well, there is a side scheme and it's sort of like a shield for him, but that's that enhances the the theme for me. And it's it's not overly oppressive because the side scheme isn't I mean it's three per player and you can still do damage, right? So if you're the aggression player, you might do a board setup card and you can still attack. You know, like it's not it's not the end of the world. The uh um, the only the only faults I had in this scenario, because I do think he's like one of my favorite scenarios, is I really hate the when revealed effect on stage two and three villains that are just deal extra encounter cards to players. To me, like it's a great way to spike difficulty, but it's like the most unfun way boring. to spike difficulty. <laughs> boring. It just it constantly leads to like in solo, you're just like, oh great, Magneto got two advances to start the game. Just what I wanted. I mean, the chances of that are pretty low, but even like an assault and an advance is obnoxiously obnoxious. It it, it should have just been like add a magnet counter, right? I mean, yeah. Well, and that's my biggest complaint about Magneto in general is like he goes up in stats. I mean, all villains go up in stats. Nothing in his ability changes, right? Like they used right. to change things Same with the way. like with. I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this. But, like, even Nebula, right, her effect changed as she went up at level. And maybe that's counterintuitive to what you said earlier about Mansion Attack, that you have to remember that the trigger is different. But I like that, that mm -hmm. the villain, like, is in a new phase of his attack. Magneto here just feels like he's constantly hurling things at you, and then he just gets a little bit stronger as he does. Right. And, and I mean, that's true. Because he does get a little weaker as you go on with the side schemes, or he—I mean—at a certain point, he does have steady. Um, but if you, I—I I mean, my games, I was like really pushing the side schemes, like just to make him have that physical strain, so he would lose steady. Um, because I—I I, I mean, he is the master of magnet. What are you gonna do? But yeah, like you're saying, this feels like this feels like a boss battle without just saying like good luck. You know, it feels interesting. His 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 abilities are are good and thematic. You know, like but you're fighting the boss. Like this is the final boss. Like like you said, it's not overwhelming in any particular direction. It's just uh, he's a strong guy. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like the, the magnets were happening almost every turn. Um, How many players? Was solo or two? Two. Okay. I okay. was playing. I played most most of my games two player, and it it definitely felt like man we were dealing with the, the magnets so <laughs> much. I I still think three is probably right. I would have loved four, but three I think is still right. It's just you have to be aware that or you that stuff's coming at you constantly. And the wrapped in metal one is just brutal. Yep. And I love that they gave. Oh, what was? Let me read that wrapped in metal again. Let me find it here. <laughs> it's a archangel. <laughs> I'm I'm blind as I go through my cards looking for it here. Here it is. Attached your identity. Max one point per identity. Attached identity cannot thwart, attack, defend, or recover. Exhaust your identity and spend a physical resource to discard this card. Well, this sucks, says Archangel. I love it. I love it. Yo. But you know what you can do? You can use explosive arrow as Hawkeye, so who cares? <laughs> do you do you guys think that um Magneto, or rather this box as a whole, is um influenced by opinions of Galaxy Most Wanted and the, the challenges 
that I guess that we faced as players, but similarly that the challenge the challenges that the designers were facing from uh, I guess the community as a whole. Yes. Elaborate. Like the challenges like back then everybody was complaining the game was too easy, or the challenges that everybody complained that Galaxy's most wanted was too hard. <laughs> well, yeah, prior to Galaxy's Most Wanted. Yeah, the the complaints that Galaxy Most Wanted was was uh, a a bad play experience and all these things and and you know there's a lot of feedback floating around all over the place. Do you think that we're starting to see the um the effects of that kind of feedback, or do you think this is sort of uh, its own thing? Well, I think I think all the designers have grown as they've been developing this game, and with each release. They improve a little bit in some ways when they're making their designs. Um, and I would say that Mutant Genesis is light years ahead of Galaxy's Most Wanted like at fine-tuning that difficulty, mm-hmm. right? Um, part of it is because Shadowcat and Colossus are really, really strong heroes. Um, and I guess we could just do overall thoughts on the box right now. So I think that this box is really good purchase. It's probably one of the top three boxes for me. I probably put it below Rise of Red Skull and Mad Titan Shadow, maybe above Mad Titan Shadow, I'm not sure. Um, I don't feel like the scenarios in this box are very new player friendly. Like if someone had a core set and they were like, I love the X-Men and they picked up this box, these scenarios would be pretty hard. <laughs> like with the full deck pool and like with lots of deck building experience, like a lot of people that listen to this show and a lot of the community members have, this box wasn't like over-the-top challenging, but it was like the right level of challenging for that full deck pool, which is cool. Um, but if you're like a new player that just got the yes. core set for Christmas and you were like, I love I love X-Men, I'm going to buy this pack, the scenarios are going to be a little bit hard. And part of it, in my opinion, is the, the thing that we haven't grown in yet is the pre-con decks in this box are still pretty abysmal. Like they're it's masked because Colossus and Shadowcat are so strong, but the precon decks have like way too few allies. They're not balanced for taking on the scenarios in the box. They're almost balanced for it at standard mode, but I would say even in standard mode, if you're playing the precons, you're going to struggle quite a bit against probably four of the five villains. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great box. I think it has lots of awesome mods. The only thing that I truly, truly, truly dislike about this box is the Mystique mod. <laughs> and it's more of like a love-hate relationship. I, I love to hate that mod because it ruins my day. And you need mods like that. Um, yeah, I would say if you're a new player, Red Skull is probably the first box you want to buy. I would agree. Either Red Skull or Mad Titan Shadow, but... Um, because of Adam Warlock and Mad Titan Shadow, I don't think you have enough cards to make him fun yet. So you're probably your best bet is Red Skull. Um, yeah, and I think there are some villains in in Mad Titans that are a little bit more technical. Um, where Red Skull doesn't have as much technical villains. Um, the other thing I love about this box is I feel like all the scenarios, like you can tell that Caleb really loves X-Men, which we all knew. (laughs) Um, But like the Sabretooth scenario, I think is really fun. I know there's been a lot of complaints about it being kind of a slog. And I probably said that when we recorded the episode back in the day, because it was fresh in my life. It is a bit grindy. It is a bit grindy, but I like that it tells a story and it's different than all the other scenarios. And then uh, Project Wide Awake, like I feel like Project Wide Awake is, we heard what everybody said about Collector 1 and we decided we wanted to make a fun scenario that works like that. So they made Project Wide Awake. I love it. 
See, that's my least favorite out of the it's, box. It's probably my least favorite out of the box, but I think that like if I had the choice between Collector 1, which is just basically not an auto loss, but a very frustrating scenario, and Project Wide Awake, yeah. I'd choose Wide Awake every time. And I feel like Master Mold is just a different version of like Minion Swarm. It's a different version of Zola or Mutagen Formula or something like that. Mansion Attack, I feel like, is a much better Wrecking Crew where you feel like you're fighting the Wrecking Crew it in is. different rooms and the randomness is there. And I feel like Magneto is... Look, I think he's my number two finale boss. I think I still like Red Skull better than Magneto. I don't actually like Red Skull. Red Skull's a jerk. I like to play against Red Skull more than Magneto, but they're like they're neck and neck. They're really close. Yeah, and, and let's be honest. If we're talking Galaxy's Most Wanted, you're just pulling the two heroes packs out of there and putting the rest under your bed to never see the light of day anyways. Yeah, I think even Drang's fallen out of favor recently. Isn't that sad? Because there's just better ones. I mean, I, I like Drang, don't get me wrong. Drang's still pretty damn awesome. But, like, I'd rather play Sabertooth or Venom or uh, Sandman. I do like Band of Badoon. That was a cool mod in Galaxy's Most Wanted. Anyway, Mutant Genesis, what are, what are your thoughts on the box, Crimson? Did it oh, meet your X Men I mean, desires? I mean, it's it's X Men. There's a lot of uh, X Men art, and there's a lot of X Men cards, and there's a lot of X in it. So yeah, I was I was very, fairly happy with it. So uh, it was I, exciting, not Executioner's yeah. song. Got it. And I, I like the characters that came with it. Not not just the villains, but also the two heroes. I think they those were great introductory heroes to X Men. You know, they weren't like, you know, Cyclops and Wolverine. But they, they were good and, but not like super main X-Men, which I really like. I, I like to see them do some of the more, you know, secondary X-Men. Yes, I know Cyclops isn't really a secondary X-Men now, but he was when I was, when I read X-Men comics all the time. Colossus and Shadowcat is I know. not primary x-men all right you, you keep going with your review though you can, I, I digress <laughs> yeah well you, you gotta remember i'm an 80s x-men person <laughs> yeah the the, the x-men to me are always going to be rogue gambit storm cyclops wolverine gene gray that is that is a 90s team crim you're just provoking me now now you're just provoking me <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> You know, they, they even did a cartoon about it. <laughs> I, I have heard. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I really I, I really like seeing some of the other X-Men in there. Um, I'm really hoping we get another cycle of X-Men. And we get to see some more interesting X-Men. Where would you rank this box? Rank the five boxes? Two. Second place? Yeah. Or you're saying there's only two boxes. I'm confused. No, no, yeah, second, second place. place. Okay, yeah, mine's either second or uh, third. I can't, I can't. Sinister Six is probably my favorite still. Really? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Even with Venom Goblin. It doesn't matter. It, it's, it's got Spider Gwen. Fair, fair. All right, Anarchop, <laughs> what's your summary of the box? What do you think? Uh, I'm super happy with it. I feel like all of the things that I wanted to be represented in this box are there. We've got our Sentinels. We've got our big Sentinels. We've got... Um, Magento, the Master of Magnet. Uh, we have the Brotherhood, and we have Sabretooth, and we've got modules that let me kind of like put a little bit of X Men stuff in anything else that I want to play. 
Um, the play experience itself is cool and fun and interesting without feeling like I'm gimmicking the game. Um, but some of the scenarios do require me to play a little smarter than average. Um, and that's fine. That's totally cool. So I'm super happy that the art overall is very, very good. Um, so I, I, it, it meets my expectations. I'm running my nice. own pun back because nobody responded to it. I <laughs> heard it's it. really good. And I groaned, <laughs> but I muted myself. We heard it. I know it was we heard it. So where do so, you rank this box out of the five? Um, as, much as, as much as I hate agreeing with you all the time, I don't. But uh, I would be in a pretty similar situation. Like I think Rise of, Rise of uh, Red Skull is still number one, but this is pretty pretty close to second with uh, Matt Titan's Shadow. Yeah, it's hard to beat Hawkeye. I get it. I mean, it's hard to beat Red Skull. It's hard to beat Crossbones. What are you talking about? Crossbones. Crossbones, too. Oh, gosh. I'm going to go back and play Rise of Red Skull now. Yeah. Sorry, Mutant Genesis episode. Mutant Genesis episode. We love X-Men here. We Crimson loves him. He's still here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. What about you, Americano? Um, how would you rank the boxes? All right. Let's see. Galaxies of War. So Galaxies, Galaxies is five. Um, probably then we'll go Mad Titan Shadow as for I think I'll put Red Skull is three. No, I'll put this one as three. Red Skull is two. And uh, Sinister Motives as one. Oh, yeah. I, I know you really like Red Skull. Part of it's your bias towards Hawkeye. Um, I think it's a good <laughs> uh, I, I I think for me, I think for me, maybe with the Sinister Motives, my, my appeal is that like we got the more Spidey people and we only got like a tiny bit of it. Versus like a huge wave of them, you know what I mean? Like, or multiple waves of them. So, and obviously, we're just getting into X Men, but I know we're going to get a lot of X Men. And I, I like, I like the Web Warriors. I like those characters a lot. So maybe that's where I'm high on it. And also, I think Sandman is probably my favorite intro scenario, like to a box. And I mean, I'm looking forward to see if they continue X Men for another cycle what storyline they bring in. I, I know what I would like to see, which would be like Nimrod, Forge, Bishop, Cable, you know, that 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 well, era. Did you, did you read but, the comic that came with No, I I, I did not. You I need to send you a picture right now so we can hear your reaction <laughs> live because this is really important to me. Like everybody hold on, I have to find it. Sorry. MCM I just clo- I just closed the page. But this is yeah, this is an MCM live news alert. What's the Jubilee quote? I can't remember. Or the morph quote when he turns into Jubilee from the nineties show. Uh, he says Film on a lemon. Something like that. Oh. Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. No, just me probably. That's okay. Okay, I finally found the insert. We're getting there. So you might not know this, Crimson, but in the first three, they kind of gave you a hint as to what's what's to come in the final panel. So this is what happens after you beat Magneto. They show you a little scene between Senator Kelly and a certain person. And now I have to find like a way to send you this picture. I'm a completely incompetent Good person chat. here. Oh, it's, in a, it's Mr. Sinister. Yeah, Mr. Sinister. Maybe there'll be different Sinister motives, right? Which, M, yeah, which I, I would, 
I would very, very, very much enjoy Mr. Sinister. Um, pretty much, you know, the, the, the Nimrod Forge era and obviously my love of the 90s cartoon, which is Ms. Mr. Sinister stuff, is great. Um, bo both of those storylines come from, you know, are pre predominant in the 90s cartoon. So I, I would be excited to see a lot more Mr. Sinister stuff. We dinked around long enough recording this episode that I was hoping the article for whatever's next would be out, but it's not. And I saw yeah. a lot of buzz on the internet yesterday because they do articles on Thursdays that like the game is over because there wasn't an article. That could be true, <laughs> but I highly doubt it. <laughs> there's yeah. so much I mean, cool Marvel stuff left to go, right? We haven't even gotten to like yeah. Defenders and Fantastic Four yet. Like, There's no way. This game does not end and, until I have a Ghost Rider hero pack. I swear to God. And they could even go like Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen, you know, storyline too, if they want. Although I, I, I would steer clear of that. I would go for Mr. Sinister or Nimrod before I went for Apocalypse. But I could see it happening. Sinister's hot in the streets right now. So I think we see Sinister. Yeah. Do you think we'll see any Krakoa era stuff? Adderkot? Um... Unlikely, like okay. unlikely, because uh, without spoiling too much of it, um, things are very, very amorphous um, with what's happening on Krakoa. So it'd be like hard for them to publish something that may not be the case uh, in a very dramatic way. You know? Gotcha. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm really being careful with my choice of words here because I, I don't want somebody to, like in the middle of reading X-Men stuff, be like, what? What? Fair. So, yeah. Fair. I understand. Who knows when they're listening to this in 30 years? It's true. It might it's be Krakoa too. They'll be like, so-and-so was still a hero back then? <laughs> so silly. All right. Well, as exciting as that episode was, that yes. is the wrap-up of our Mutant Genesis. We've got a couple more episodes to go because there's other content that's been out since we've talked. I know... A few of us talked about Wolverine and Storm, but not everybody got the chance to. So we'll go through the hero packs again. So we'll do a Cyclops and Jean Grey episode of Wolverine and Storm. And then hopefully a Mojoverse all before Gambit and Rogue come out. But those are coming screeching down the pipe. And I cannot wait because Gambit looks awesome. Dude, Gambit looks so good. I'm so excited. Okay. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully we'll see many of you at Con of Heroes. And if we don't, just leave comments in the chat, and we will always see them. And uh, thanks again. See Have a good night. Something something mutants. Something something mutants. XXX. Thanks for tuning in to Marvel Champions Monthly. If you liked this content, be sure to like, subscribe, or leave a comment on the video, letting us know what else you would love to see from the world of Marvel Champions. You can also join us on our Discord, or support our work on Patreon in the links in the description below.